Hail cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you, Brandon. How are you? Josh, I'm thankful for Ollie Watkins. Maybe I'm the only one on the planet who is thankful for a five-pointer from from a striker who's like sucking up eight million of fantasy yep. budget. But yep. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stand Ollie until the end of the season, I guess. Uh, even though I missed his one blockbuster a week. But I <laughs> think Ollie Watkins is a great player. And that speaks to the theme of today's episode, right, Josh? Yeah. Although I would say that's I that is a lukewarm to cold take, Ollie Watkins being a being a good player. Uh but I yeah, the the theme of this week's pod, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about game week 14. We're gonna review game week 13 as well, but mostly what we're gonna do in this week's pod is to have 20 Hot takes for all 20 Premier League teams, Brandon. It's a one take per team. Some of these takes are hot, hot, hot. Some of them are media. It's it's like that hot ones. You ever seen hot ones on YouTube? I know you have, Brandon. It's like hot ones on YouTube. You start off, you got a couple yeah. mild ones, and then mm-hmm. you know you That's get the. That's not so uh, bad. Mm, this is kind yeah, of exactly. delicious, actually. <laughs> exactly, and then occasionally you get da bomb. They throw that in there, right? And that's beyond always, insanity. That's always the hottest. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> even though, and even though it's like the seventh one, right? It's like even though the the, the other ones go higher on. What's the scale again? Like there's some. Oh yeah, it's some uh, what is that scale, ghost right? pecker ghost ghost pepper scale? Um, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, right? That, so yeah, so our our takes will go up and down as we go in terms of total spiciness. But uh, I think it'll be a fun way to to break things up a little bit and just talk about fantasy from uh, I don't know maybe a slightly different perspective. And I think a lot of people are uh, are looking for fun right now, Brandon. Because Scoville, fun by is, the way, Scoville. Scoville that's right, Scoville. Of course, <laughs> I couldn't let uh, that one slip. <laughs> no, I know. I, I would have looked it up in a second. Um, but I think it's. Uh, uh, we're not about, we're not all necessarily having the most fun with the uh, with fantasy itself. I, I've said before, and I'll say it again: the Premier League season has been enjoyable. I am enjoying myself. Like watching these matches has been a lot of fun. The Villa Spurs match was a wild game. Like a lot sure of different was. things. Holy crap! That was like yeah. watching two ten-year-olds play FIFA. It was incredible. It was great. It was uh, it was all over the place. Asan had I think eight disallowed goals. It was just, just like all over the place that match. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I thought the Liverpool Man City match was pretty interesting as well. Um, maybe you know, because the last game that we saw with Man City was that four four thriller. Uh, the fact that it was one one was maybe slightly disappointing, but I felt like there were lots of chances in that game. Uh, and I think Trent's goal was so good that I feel like it sort of redeemed what might have been a, a a sort of like a like a if that had just been one nil i feel like that would have been kind of a slog of a fixture yeah. right or we, we might have thought of it that way but the the one one and then sort of the kind of frantic last 20 minutes or so as you know as mincy tried to you know take the lead at the end yeah. uh it's just it was a it was a very interesting match and i think um and great for the premier league too right the fact that we have three I, like it's so funny to me because arsenal i feel like almost none of their forward players are in any kind of form right now and yet here they are, right on top of the uh-huh. table, just kind of finding a way, which I think is really good for them because you have to think that at some point, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, uh, Gabriel Jesus, I don't think any of them are playing at their best right now. And so if they can start to click the way they did last season and the defense, especially kind of anchored by Declan Rice at the moment, it's just so much better, right? It feels like they've really righted the ship there. So, um, yeah, I certainly don't know. if, you, if, yeah, if you're doctor, if you're Dr. Ian Malcolm, I remember in Jurassic Park, he famously said, uh, Arsenal finds a way somehow. <laughs> he does. And yeah. I, yeah. 
I agree. I was texting with our friend Mike, who's a huge Arsenal fan, and I just told him, you know, congratulations being top of the table. I'm somehow not inspired, I guess is the word I was going to use. You can't say you're not impressed because to be top of the Premier League by any right is a phenomenal achievement. And I think it's just Arsenal and Arteta wrote a check that was that was quite large last season. It was like, give us an off season to improve on this and wait until you see what we have to show you then. And it's almost like Arsenal have skipped ahead to this Uber pep period where they're improving in tactical ways that I can't even comprehend. And somehow a one nil victory this weekend is more impressive than a three nil victory was last season. And I'm not, and I'm actually not joking. I think that there is something to that where, you know, Arsenal and Arteta are just trying to figure out how to make this plan and this club have some staying power. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. And uh, that, that's not even a hot, again, we're just, these are just good takes, Brandon. Uh, The hot takes (laughs) is is a hot take a metaphor for a bad take. I I don't think it is necessarily, but it is, it's Mm -hmm. like, what is a, a hot take is like a take that's that's hard to argue against, right? It's and so, because I think, it's, no, it's an no, I think actually take. the opposite, right? Well, uh, an emotional take, yes, but also I think a hot take is meant to be one that would provoke argument because it is by nature controversial because you're hopefully yeah. the first one to have it. A hot take should be original to That's some true. degree. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I'm definitely sick of saying things in this pod and then someone uh, well actually in us in the uh, in Twitter comments. So this is, this is a good spot for us to be, yeah. I think. But maybe we should just do every pod from now on. It's just 20 hot takes every week. Uh, that's, <laughs> Isn't that what it already is? <laughs> I mean, pretty on. much. Pretty much. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Game Week 13 in the books. Um, I finished on – well, actually, no. I've got one more player to go still. I have um, I have Jedi Robinson playing tomorrow. Um Although if he had a minor injury and didn't come in and Jamal LaSalle came in for me, that would be also fine. Uh, but I've got uh, Robinson tomorrow, home to Wolves. I'm on 42 points, which does put me on a, a small red arrow. But hopefully, if I can even get two points from him tomorrow, that should be enough for me to uh, basically like kind of hold toe the line, right? Like a, a gray arrow, maybe not a red or a green necessarily. Uh, okay. Not a great week. Uh, <laughs> zero yeah. points from Eddie Cash. What are the worst transfers I think I've ever made? I, I've got I zero, two, and zero is what I've gotten from him. The three Four. weeks I've had him so far, so not ideal. Uh, not a great transfer, especially when I was debating between him and Poro. And Poro is uh, who hasn't been amazing either, but at least his look, looks incredibly dangerous, right? Like Poro mm-hmm. is everywhere. He's on yeah. Every all these free kicks, sending in crosses. I feel like Poro could have like a twenty pointer today. Poro, the way he plays reminds me of watching Band of brothers and there's an unnamed character who actually pops up in multiple episodes just like doing the dirty work and you see him in the background doing the work and you're like he's a good soldier i feel like that's that's poro for spurs right now he's a he's he's more important background character i think he's more high profile than i'd say he's more like colonel spears brandon a player who sort of you think he's giving uh he's given uh opposing opposition cigarettes before he he just mows them down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's right. crazy talk. All right. The takes are getting hotter already. I like it. Um, I, I Douglas Louise, uh, like came through again. I mean, I, I sort of, it's funny how I, I spent a few weeks debating whether I even wanted to, to, to hold them, but ultimately I gone a lot better than Manny cash. That's for sure. I've gotten uh seven, seven, two, two, seven 
And th- those are the four oh, returns. Two two seven, a great uh, sitcom from the late eighties, <laughs> early nineties. Just became a great yeah. streak for Douglas Louise. Yeah, so that's what that's eighteen points, which is what four point five points uh, per match uh, in the four weeks I've had him. Uh, which for a five point five million, I, I think I bought him at five five. Um, yeah, he moved to five six after I bought him. So for a five point five million midfielder, average uh, four point five points is, you know, I'm giving you the little okay sign. That is well yeah. okay with me because when he gets when he gets points, he tends to get bonus, which is often the case with with central midfielders, right? Because they're involved in a lot of things. They complete a lot of passes, lots of passing, they, lots of tackles, tackles, interceptions, yeah, etc. Exactly, exactly. So uh, he really came through for me. Um, I had you know Watkins. Holland captain, which I suppose in the end, uh, he really was the, he was the best captain. You and I went back and forth on that a lot. We talked about it on our Patreon pod on Thursday. We will settle on Holland and he ultimately finished with five more than Sun, two more than Salah. So I think uh, we'll take that as a, it's a minor win, say, but a win nonetheless. Yeah. Holland was literally the best captain after everything was played. I will say those who went out on a limb and captain Sun. Uh, I, 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 I do tip my hat <laughs> to you. Yeah, uh, it just, yeah. You just caught Villa on a hyper-disciplined day. And yep. uh, I, I would credit Emery and, and team for that. It was a yep. good call in the end to Captain Yes, Sun. That's a good that's a good point. They held the line very well, mm-hmm. didn't they? So, um, so in the end, 42 with one player to go. I'm not feeling like amazing, but it's it honestly could be a lot worse. And so I feel like, sure, fine, move on. How about you? Well, I'm finishing on 37. I'm all out. I don't. I I chose to bench Leno in favor of Ariola. The Paulinha absence just kind of spooked me a little too much. We'll see. I assume Leno is going to match a three-pointer from Ariola. Uh, hopefully, it's just a wash in the end. But 37. Just look at my game week rank from game week 12 and add a zero to it. I was. 700,000 game week rank last, and I'm now I'm 7 million game week rank yeah. in game week 13. So. And, no, and nowhere to go but down uh, after uh, yeah, tomorrow's match. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So I'm, you know, I, I feel like this is symptomatic of this season. I don't want to get down about the two-step. You know, I feel like I'm two-step in two-step forward, one-step back territory as opposed to yep. – three steps, et cetera. So that's fine. Just looking at my squad, I agree. Like Matty Cash, I, I think I said it before on the pod where his problem is he can't defend and he can't attack. He's caught somewhere in between. And sometimes it's literally that way on the pitch. Yep. He's got to be an immediate sell for anybody who has him taken on a halftime. I think the narrative is probably going to be something to do with injury, but he's just not fitting into this. He's not producing yeah. fantasy wise. And I, I think if you're Emery, you look at him, you're like, I could get more from another player on my bench. Uh, yeah. Trippier, one-pointer. Gahey, one-pointer. Gahey is probably one of my biggest disappointments. Where, yeah. you know, well, We've got some takes about Luton coming up that might cause me to but reassess had, this, this confidence. Yeah, you, right? you, you sort of took a short-term pun in him, right? It was Everton mm-hmm. at home, Luton away, and you've gotten a total of, what, one point from him? Oh, actually, no, you did get a clean sheet in the first match, didn't you? So that's that's at least something. I got, got a, fi- a, a five-pointer against Burnley because he got yeah, a yellow card. Clean sheets. Yeah. A muted celebration. The five-point clean sheet is such a bummer. It's really yeah. – that, that one always stings a little bit because yeah. you're like, well, if you if you hadn't got the yellow – it's kind of like Watkins today, right? If you don't get the yellow, you're probably in the bonus and, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? And I will say, like, I brought Matt Cash in on a wild card, and it's been a long-term play. It's truly not worked out. My biggest, like, recency 
disappointment is Martinelli, who an, another one pointer against Brentford. This is just bad. It was a bad, bad, bad transfer. And now he's going to be that player I have in my squad every game week where I scratch my chin and say, well, maybe this week is his week yeah. because he does these, have yeah, a brace. Who are these in people? Who are these people at the always cheating meetup who convince you to bring him <laughs> well, in? Because you I won't he, name he names. On your radar. And then suddenly you and I had 12 drinks and you were like, oh yeah, I'm bringing in Martinelli. Uh, I remember at one o'clock in the morning, you, this, yeah. this, this came up and, uh, well, yeah. it was going to be him or Doku, and you know, actually, I'd be feeling great if I had a player like Doku who was just getting bonus points, like he was uh, Kieran Trippier. Uh, yeah, like yeah. everything going against Trippier, yellow card, uh, lost clean sheet, still gets bonus. But the number of take successful take ons Doku had in that match was incredible. But yeah, I am putting on my uh, my list of people to the, who are not getting Christmas cards this year. The people who kind of. Big up Martinelli. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, the, the real story with my team this game week is my bench where I have 15 points already between Suchek and my one transfer, which was Dan Byrne to Lascelles. And I was like, okay, just like Lascelles yeah. is a good, is just good investment, real estate property that maybe I'll never see in my lifetime, but it will yeah. grow in value. And what we're assured you know. of, Josh, is that our, our investment in Lascelles Will accrue capital? Will it get us fantasy points? Maybe not. Yeah, we might get some. We might. Yeah, we should get some price rises, especially after you scored the goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm already kind of regretting. I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind having him, but I'm regretting the wasted transfer to a certain degree, just because I feel like um, I look at my squad right now and just looking ahead to game week 14, Brandon, my transfers. I I'm sort of debating a couple of options. I think a big decision for me is whether uh, Julian Alvarez starts at midweek in the champions league if he does i think there's a chance i'd drop him ahead of game week 14 and uh and the reason for that is i'm just not having a great season and i just think i need to be a little more aggressive and just and just try some try some things i don't really you know i don't really it's just like how, the the idea of just holding the line week after week after week uh is starting to feel increasingly sort of less appealing to me and so um you know, someone like Dominic Solanke, home to Villa, um, I think was, is, is a move I would might consider. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess you could I could consider Bernie points and 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 going for like a big move, like a. Um, I don't really Isak. know. It's, it's it, it, yeah, Isak maybe. I wish I could just. I don't think I can go. Isak is slightly too expensive. Is the okay. only problem. I can't. I can't. I can't move Isak without burning points. Um, so I guess I could. I could drop cash for a hit, which honestly would feel great. I. I think I'd love that. And then um, let's you see. Vindictive, let's, vindictive man. I know. Let's 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 run the numbers here. Okay, if I. If I were to do that, I could bring in Isak, and then I would have four point seven million. Oh, that's that's plenty of money, Brennan. That's plenty of money for another defender. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Isak. Uh, let's see, home to Man United in fourteen, away to Everton in fifteen. Spurs, Fulham, Luton. Everyone always plays Luton within a couple of weeks, as we've as we firmly established. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think he'd be up there. Isak, Solanke. Maybe I just hold my. You know, I, I guess I could just not make a transfer again. Let's let's just go with that again. I just just hold my. I'm two million over on. I'm just going to hold my transfer, Brandon. Just keep that mm-hmm. keep that you know powder dry. But I think there's maybe an argument for it uh, because we have the midweek. Uh, so we have game week 14, which is coming up this weekend. Um, I'm going to hold off on making any transfers because uh, we've got Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday, Europa League on Thursday. As we've 
mentioned before, a lot of Premier League teams are across across. I think, I think it's is it six clubs across um, across Europe. Maybe it's seven. It's you know, so quite a number are playing in pretty in sure European it's leagues seven. If you look at the Conference League as well, Villa, yep. Brighton, West Ham, plus uh, the four Champions League, plus teams. four Champions League teams. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So seven teams all playing in Europe at midweek. Um, so it, it, you know, just seems like a really good time to to wait until at least Thursday evening, if not Friday morning, to make a transfer. So I'm going to hold off on making any moves until then. But if Alvarez starts at midweek, because there was already a chance that he was, depending on who you believe, but it sounds like maybe if, if Grealish had been healthy, that he would have started this week, and Alvarez may have come off the bench just because of the European, um, or you know, or, uh, excuse me, South American commitments that well, he had. Why did they play I Grealish think, in the yeah. middle of the park? Because Doku's going to be on the wing. I, I think it would have been Foden, perhaps, or maybe, yeah, maybe they would have played Grealish through the middle. I don't know. There was like oh, one of those classic like yeah. leak mm-hmm. leak situations, right? Okay. I, and I don't know. And then it was like, oh, but then Grealish was ill, so um, Alvarez came in and played. But Alvarez Ill in a the bad way, 90. not ill in a Beastie Boys kind of way. Yeah, he, he was too cool uh, to play in this match, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think I, I, so depending on who gets, who plays at midweek, that may affect my transfer decision because what I would like is a player who's going to play twice for me. Uh, one, once in game week 14 and then again in game week 15. So if someone like Alvarez mm-hmm. plays, um, at midweek, I think there's at least a risk that he doesn't play, um, at yeah. the weekend. Yeah. He's just been, well, I won't spoil the, uh, the hot takery that's about to happen about Alvarez, but yeah, we, we've got more, there's more meat on that bone to pick at. Yeah. And the, and the other thing too, is that, uh, you know, we do have game week and game week 18 blank coming up for, uh, for Brentford and Man City. So you can make an argument for moving a little early. Um, there's no way Alvarez survives game week 18 in anybody's squad. I would suggest, Uh, so I agree. It's kind of a question yeah. of when, not if, you know, and then I guess the other, you know, the other thing to consider is, is like, like 20 other premier league squads, uh, Man City does play Luton in three weeks. So it, that is the other, uh, Where did Luton have the time. This is incredible. It's like, <laughs> they play three how times many Lutons are there? As- is this Luton like United or Luton I, Wednesday? I never understand how Luton is always the next fixture for every single Premier League club. But that is Man City does play Luton in game week 16. So that is, I guess, something to something to consider there as well. I would say that Alvarez out would be would fall into the luxury transfer category. And yes. I would probably look at um making a different a different move first. I mean, um, you know, you could risk uh Brazilian Gabriel um or I guess they're both Brazilian. Which one? Gabriel Mar- 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 not Martinelli, Margalis. I, I never Juliana know how to say. Juliana Margalis? Yeah, Juliana Margalis. Um, or maybe Zinchenko, if you could get there, he'd be the other option, I think, for for Arsenal. So anyway, those, those are the moves that I'm considering. What are you thinking about for your um, Game Week 14 squad? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm actually looking at a if Cash is fit, and I'm not saying that he would start for Villa against Bournemouth, I will have a fully fit 15 players, which is great. Kabori okay. coming back from proto, uh, uh, concussion protocol. Yep. Where are my weakest points? I still have triple West Ham, and it's just driving me insane. Now I have to, you know, concede. Ward Prowse got me 11 points last week, but the fact that I keep benching goals from Suchek is kind of driving me crazy. And why is Suchek yeah. being blocked by James Ward Prowse? So I really do want to get rid of one of these West Ham guys. And Ward Prowse to uh, to Mbomo is probably the best 
on paper, uh, yeah. numbers wise, move Brentford, that I can make. Who did Brentford play in game week fourteen? Uh, Brentford are. <laughs> <laughs> that was a setup. It was a setup, folks. Brentford are home hosting Luton Town FC. Uh, so uh, how do they do it? How do they? They can't. The Premier League can't keep getting away with this. Making Luton play all twenty teams in the league. This is insane. All of the nineteen others, I should say. But anyway, yeah. so um, I mean, I, I kind of feel like Ward Prowse to Bomo, but. Again, like like you, like we're basically a couple points apart at this point. Why am yeah. I trying to do the chalk move? I need yep. to excite the base. I need to make some yeah. moves. Um, yeah. The problem is, the and, and Bomo's kind of awesome, and I kind of want yeah, to have him, Bomo. And Bomo is awesome. I think that's another, but you know, I think another reason to to like yeah to be a little aggressive. I'm sort of with you there. It's like someone like Solanke, um, just because. Um, They've got, you know, like a nice run in their next four. They play Luton in game week 17. So there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of Luton coming up for all the players that I'm considering. And uh, Luton aren't even that bad, you know, and I'm going to keep spoiling all our takes here, Brandon, but um, we need to quit. I think it's just because Luton is a funny word to say. I think that's really the the source of it. It's Uh Luton is just, it's like a word that. No one in America had heard until well, this, okay. this so spring. You know, it's, it's like, like <laughs> all being, of us. so in America, uh, for those outside of, of the country, if you're from the South, you drop your G's, right? So instead of saying mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere, you're going somewhere. And I feel yep. like Luton is suffering from this dropping of dropping of G's. It's, it, if they were looting town, we would take them more seriously, <laughs> but they're looting town. It's sort of like cool the gunslingers like a, like a, from like West a, Texas. Yeah, yeah, I like that looting, looting town. Like they're like a yeah, like a collection of uh, like Jesse James and the boys, right? Like looting yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, we're taking over this uh, this here <laughs> locomotive and give us all your all your necklaces and pocket watches. Oh, that's good Sorry, stuff. I took that like... one. On, took that role playing a little too far. <laughs> well, your middle name is Shane, right? When you named after, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's, cowboys that's are in my blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you were named after the Shane from the. Were you? You were right. You were named after the Shane from the book. In the uh... no, no, I wasn't. I wish I was. But when I was when I was growing up, I thought Shane. I didn't like Shane as a middle name. And then in I think it was the seventh grade, I read Shane the book. And then mm-hmm. subsequently watched the film, and I yeah. was a total convert. I was like, "Well, Shane is the greatest name on planet Earth. Maybe yeah, I should fun. make it my yeah. first name." Everyone should give their kid a weird middle name, right? I'm, I'm Dale. It's kind of the same thing, right? You don't, you don't see a lot of yeah. Dales anymore. Yeah, so it's you were named fun. after uh, uh, the Chippendales. Uh, I was. Like I thought the male again, stripping I, club. I, I thought. I thought so <laughs> until uh, until I found out it was my, it was my grandpa. But I did. I later went to a Chippendales, Brandon, and I was. Uh, I like met your you, mom. I your was, mom is, likes a good time. I mean, I'm sure she. Oh, would be that's a, true. I I my mother has pro- like I'd say I don't I don't know this, but I would say there's at least an eighty percent chance she has been to a male <laughs> strip club at some point. All right. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, all right. So if you would like to support the podcast. Uh, we are back uh, total chaos with Thanksgiving in the UK trip. Uh, uh, we did, we did drop a pod late last week and we actually did it. We did it as a video too. This is a, increasingly we're going to be doing more video content for, yeah. for Patreon supporters than kind of in general. 
Um, and just a reminder that if you want to listen to the pod on YouTube, you can do that now. So um, that is now, maybe you are right now, but I know those numbers are still pretty low because we just really never talk about it. But uh, we have added uh, the page, we, the the podcast is now on audio only at the moment on Patreon uh, or on uh, YouTube. So, um, but regardless, if you want to support the podcast, say thank you um, to the cheaters. Maybe you've had a little Christmas bonus and this is a chance for you to um, spread the love around. I don't know, whatever it is. If you want to say thank you to the cheaters, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheat and support the podcast. Any pledge level, much appreciated. You get access to the discord and extra podcasts each week. Um, and we're, we're going to start doing more interviews too. This is kind of a new, um, this is something that's been requested from uh, Patreon supporters too. And so it's a big, big goal for us over the festive pictures to kind of reset a little bit some of our Patreon stuff. So uh, once again, patreon.com slash always cheat is where you can go. Uh, thank you to our newest patron supporters, uh, producer Eric Kite. Uh, he's actually, he's been a producer for a few weeks, Brendan, I, the Patreon, just like the whole formatting is like a little different than it used to be. And the uh, UI is uh foobar, I would suggest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think on the, on the like, um, consumer customer facing end, it's, it's, it looks pretty much the same as before, but on the back end, it's, it's been chaos. So, uh, thank you to Eric Kite and sorry, we missed, uh, some page producer. Thank yous for you or a couple weeks ago. And uh, also, uh, Ronald Gnarly. Uh, I hope that's his real name. I doubt it. But Ronald Gnarly, great name. Uh, and uh, thank you for supporting the podcast as well. Uh, Brendan, let's take a quick break. and We're going to do our hot takes for all 20 Premier League teams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Brian, we're back. 20 hot takes for 20 Premier League squads. Going in table order here, Brandon. So not alphabetical, but table order. That way, as people stop listening, as we get longer to the podcast, uh, that those are the the takes for some of the bottom table clubs, Brandon. So you know we got the best takes though. Some of the best. That that is true. That stick around, stick around. That is true. But um, you know we got one must always consider SEO, Brandon. Right? Is is there audio SEO? I don't really know. Is there like a you know like. 
Do you get listens based on the things you talk about at the start of a pod? It feels like Spotify Our, might hunt in there. And I mean, my phone is listening to everything that we're saying right now as that's we do true. this You're, live. Yeah, so. that's true. If you mention like steak knives right now, you will get an Instagram ad for steak, steak knives, knives. And then within 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you get one later, you got to, you got to like, you got to screenshot I that. I will share. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, Arsenal kicking things off here. Top of the table. Congrats to them, by the way. I, I, I feel like you were slightly muted in your praise earlier of them, but I think all things considered, they have gutted it out without probably playing their best. And I think for them to be top of the table um, yeah. is is super impressive. Um, yes. play, I mean, they've played a bunch of teams as well already. It's not like they've, you know, sort of beat Man taken City. advantage of a... Yeah, they, yeah, exactly, exactly. So they've they've done, you know, they they they've done really well. It's just, um, I think it's yep. like you said, they haven't been as explosive uh, of late, and I think we've seen that with, um, even Saka is sort of not quite right. I mean, he got the late assist, uh, and that and that. What a crazy game that was! Uh, the the Saturday match. It was sort of like, I mean, I guess it was a little bit like the Everton Man United game today, where it just felt like. A draw might have been a more fitting result in some ways, yeah. right? But, um, but you know, what do you end, think? Arsenal uh, picks it up. Pre, pre hot take, but just a prelude to hot take. 60 million worth it for Kai Havertz? Well, I don't know anymore. I mean, because he, <laughs> I, I suppose, like, you kind of need someone good enough to come in and play a bunch of different positions. It's, it, he's like a utility player, right? Yeah. It's like you can he's put him in a floater. Other, you you used to be yeah. this uh, at an old I did. job, a floater plus years you were ago. Like I was the Kai yeah. Havertz of New York City. Yeah, which and I, I suppose there is. A, I don't know what that price is, but there is something to be said for a guy who can play as a central midfielder, as an attacking mid, as a forward if need be. Now, granted, he doesn't do any of these very well, much like me when I was doing those roles, Brandon. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can do them. But anyway, our take is this: I think that Alexander Zinchenko. All that's and I said it. I said it correctly in my head, at least. Alexander, Brandon with the O. Zinchenko will end up as Arsenal's highest scoring defender. So at the moment, uh, he is uh, third for Arsenal defenders. He is eight points behind Saliba, one point behind White. Um, And my reasoning is basically that he has a lot of attacking. You know, I I think he's, he's sort of gone through some of the worst of, of what happened with his injuries. Right. Um, And, you know, tough start to the season. Um, his uh, home country and, uh, being uh, you all know, the chaos engulfed in country and, exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. which unfortunately that 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 obviously continues. But um, but has you know reasserted himself on the le- in the left wing spot. I mean, Timber is out for the season, so there's really no no great risk there. So there aren't really a lot of challengers to him in that left wing position, especially once the Champions League concludes, which it will in a couple of weeks. Um, so you know, I think. Um, Picked up a goal in game week uh, 12, uh, got the uh, three bonus points uh, in game week 13. I just feel like he's starting to come into form. And just again, this is a player who, you know, had a four assist season a couple of years ago for Manchester City. Uh, He's a player who plays even further forward for his home country, for Ukraine. And um, I just think that there's a, a lot of attacking potential that has not quite been unlocked for him uh in this squad and i think part of it too is that i still don't totally trust ben white's attacking instincts uh saliba really has yeah. no attacking potential uh gabriel is still a little bit of a rotation risk i would say um and so um 
and even white, right? Even white could possibly play centrally again. And you could, you know, once again, have a party out there on the, on the right-hand side. So party, Thomas party on the right-hand side. So I think for those reasons, if I were picking an Arsenal defender right now, if I was in a wild card or I was just looking to make a transfer, you know, like Matty Cash, for example, he's five, five point one. Um, I think he's, is he five? Yeah, five one right now. Uh, so Matty Cash is five one. I think Cash to someone like Zinchenko is a kind of high upside move that you could really, um, you could really look at. And I just don't think he is. And and the, I guess the reason this is more than just a lukewarm take is I don't think he's at the top of the list when it comes to transfers. I think that, if mm-hmm. anything, he might be fourth on many people's list in terms of who they consider for an Arsenal defender. And that, I think, is part of what makes him appealing to me, is if you're looking to be a little bit different. And I just think he's – I think there's – there's outside of Saliba and I suppose I'd throw White in there, even though he has been a little bit injured the last couple of weeks. So he came on very late as a sub. Uh, in the uh, Arsenal match. I just think that if you're looking to be a little bit different um, and you want a little bit of attacking potential, that I think Sinchenko is is the one. I agree with this take. I think inside all FPL managers, there are two wolves. There is the Saliba wolf and there is the Zinchenko wolf. And you and I are in the position where we really need to embrace our Zinchenko wolf. And you saw yep. this, I think it was in really the late winter, early spring of last season where Zinchenko put his attacking form together with some clean sheets and a good run of starts for Arsenal. He's, he's coming into that now. I think the time is right. And with Ben White injured, like Tommy Asu can only play on, on one side at a time. So I, I think yep. like where Zinchenko was uncertain of starts just a couple of weeks ago, suddenly that yep. narrative has been flipped on its head. So, so I really like that. And I think it is telling with Arsenal where, the hot takes have to go to their defense right now because I mean, God, God bless anyone who can come up with a take on the attack because it is so confusing from a fantasy perspective. Like it's hard to have a, it's going to be the one. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to have a fun take right with the attack. Saka is really the only take one could have. And that's a cold slice of bologna right there as far (laughs) as Arsenal takes go. All right, let's move on then. Uh, Man City, uh, the take here is a, is a sad one, probably getting less hot as the weeks go on because uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of him as a, as a player in general. But I think fantasy-wise, it's finally time to say goodbye to Julian Alvarez. And um, talked about this at the start of the pod. It is still in the luxury transfer category, right? He is not a must-drop by any means, any means at all. But he's just where he plays. I mean... You, uh, just he is on he's on some many free kicks although you know he competes with Bernardo Silva for those uh he's on some corners but it's just it's Earl and Holland's team right I mean he's the one who's who scores the goals and it's Doku's um, team it's and it's Doku's team increasingly as well right and uh, and Alvarez just sort of feels like this guy who's somewhat he's involved in things but it, it, it's like it's like in hockey he's like the assister to the assistant yeah. right it's like he's sort he, of yeah yeah, he's not helped by his haircut and his just very sort of like non-playable character sort of vibe. Yeah, I often lose him on the pitch. And when he has yeah. the ball, I'm just like, who is that? Is that Alvarez? Can you show me the back of his shirt so I can figure it out? So yeah. it's like that's such combined. a clean cut. He's got yeah. such a clean cut. Look, I think it makes him very it makes him, you know, especially likable. But uh, again, it's, you know, it's four blanks and six. 
Um, and even that Chelsea in the four, four Chelsea game, right. It's just, just the one assist for him there, but you know, three blanks in, in four and two of those were, were home matches. I it just, um, I'm just not feeling hugely enthusiastic. Right. I mean, it's again, it's, they've scored what five, uh, 11, 14, right. So man city have scored 14 goals in the last four matches. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and across those 14 goals, you have one assist from Alvarez, right? That's just, <sighs> it just highlights, right? No goals, one assist across 14 goals from Man City. And he's he was playing. It's not like he's not playing. Yeah. 86, 86 minutes, 70 minutes, 78 minutes, 90 minutes. So yeah, you're not even talking about a match where he came on as a sub late or he was pulled at 45. These are all matches where he had enough to qualify for the, the, you know, the appearance bonus. So, um, and, and like the numbers kind of bear it out too, right? I mean, it's 0.12 XG, 0.06, 0.15, 0. 0.23. Again, these are just in the last four weeks, but even X, you know, even, even as X, XA, right. Has the amount of uh, assist created is uh 0.15, 0.96. He did get an assist, um, uh, in, in one of the, in, you know, one of the matches, in Chelsea, uh, yeah, in yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea uh, although interestingly enough, that actually isn't the one where he got the, um, the, the big XA, um, 0.09 in that one. Uh, and then, uh, it was the, it was the Bournemouth match instead. Uh, and then 0.26 for Liverpool. So, um, barely one XA, like less than half of one XG. Um, you know, again, we're just looking at the, at the, at the premier league here, but, uh, he hasn't been kind of getting rested in the champions league, right? He's been sort of, mm-hmm. the, he's been like a premier league specialist of sorts this yeah. season. And, <laughs> and, and man city are doing fine. I don't really blame him for the, the two draws. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how you could, right. I mean, how, I mean the draw with Liverpool, I mean, Pep to his credit kind of came out afterwards and was like, it was a good game. We did the things I wanted us to do, and Trent was had scored a great goal, and I yeah. thought that was really impressive of him that he sort of because that, that it honestly feels accurate. It's like there's a there's very easily a version of that match where Man City just win, right? And um, yeah, and, I think if you're yeah. if if you're actually Pep, if you're the real Pep and not press conference Pep, you think why did City not score three or four goals in that match? Because yeah. you you understand that City are always going to con- concede, and they're 100% going to concede to yeah. a team like Liverpool. So, yeah, uh, yeah and the, you can't take anything away from the Trent goal, I agree. But City just yeah. need to score more. Are we back, by the way, and just captaining Holland every single week again? Is that like there's just no getting around it anymore? Like it's, it's kind of hard to argue. Well, it was I, I, 14 I think goals in the season. That's why you underline the City Liverpool match from the weekend because you 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 put the two captaincy choices head to head, and you got to see yep. what their games were about and the same yep. time frame. And Holland showed us it's just super direct, and that's it. And Salah, it's just a little bit more convoluted at this stage yeah. of Liverpool's evolution. There's yeah. there there's less counterattacking happening from Liverpool and Salah just has to be more creative. So I mean, he points to Salah for actually having more fantasy points than Holland at this stage of the game. But I agree. I think I'm assured of putting the armband on Holland. He will be the bus team captain always at yeah. the very least. Hundred percent. By the way, people are still. We need to hell like yeah. We I guess we need to like lean into the bus team thing more often. I can't believe how people still ask what a bus team is, right? It's like, uh, it's like on Twitter all the time, it still comes up. And, you know, just as a reminder, this is an old, old joke that you and I used to have on the podcast that mm-hmm. sort of took off and entered the FPL lexicon. Basically the idea was 
if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I want to have my team all ready to go. And mm-hmm. in case I fall into a, an unfortunate short-term coma, it's uh, not, not a fatal bus caught. accident. Never. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Not, not a fatal bus accident ever. Uh, but I, I don't want to be caught short with my lineup that weekend. And so mm-hmm. you got, you got to set that bus team. So, um, anyway, all right. So let's move on from Man City to Liverpool, who we were just speaking about. And my hot take here is honestly kind of the inspiration for today's pod, um, which is basically that, uh, Darwin is only a good player, but Liverpool need him to be great. And Mm. I think this is the central problem for Liverpool right now is that Darwin is almost, he's, you can even say he's very good. I don't know. You can say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. He's quite good, but he is not great. And his lack of greatness is probably going to cost Liverpool a a serious title run this season. I mean, they're only one point, I guess they're two points back because I think they're a point back of Man City and two back of Arsenal, but you know, it's it just doesn't feel like they're going to score enough, right? They're not mm-hmm. they're not going to quite get there, and they're going to draw some matches that they could win, maybe lose some matches that they could draw. And I just felt like we saw that again um, in the match yesterday, which is a couple times where Darwin just got like a little crazy. You know, it's like it's like he kind of like I don't know I don't know what happens with him. You know, it's like sees red or what whatever whatever it is, but it's like he sort of gets in the he gets in the box and he kind of just. It's like he's 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 completely instinctive, right? And sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad. But it's it's not, it's not, he's not always the most strategic player. Yeah, it's uh, to to compare him to other players is kind of strange because Ollie Watkins immediately comes to mind as a player who draws some ire, particularly from fantasy managers, where you're like, ah, oh, missed an open chance, like this guy's a donkey, that sort of thing. However. Watkins is taking far more chances uh, to my mind than, than Darwin is. Would Darwin be a different player if you were to move him to Fulham, for example, like speaking of a team who has no actual striker right now, is it yeah. the setup with Liverpool? Cause he's, he's scoring consistent, relatively consistency consistently for a Uruguay when he travels abroad. Um, but I don't know if it's it's really the pace of the Premier League that his brain can't keep up with it. Uh, yeah, I, it's like I don't want. I don't yeah, know. it's like I don't want to be a, like a. It's like I don't want to say anything negative about him because I like to watch him play, right? But right. it's like it does feel like he sort of he like loses his cool a little bit or something, right? In these big moments, because I don't know that you can even blame the Liverpool setup because it feels like he's getting the ball in the box in positions to, you know, to score, and it's just sort of not quite. So I don't know. It just feels Darwin like is like here yeah. it is. Dar- Darwin is like a movie that you watch the first half of it and you're like, wow, is this going to be one of the greatest movies I've ever seen? And then the second <laughs> half of the movie is totally loses you and kind of yeah. sucks. And then it's one of those spend, like uh, you like talk with ben your Affleck friend about like movies or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's quite it's always like clear to you if you were to make these tweaks to the script or shoot it this way, it would be then it would be a great movie. It seems so obvious with Darwin what would make him a great player. Turns out it's just not that easy. No, it's like you basically want to give him like Roberto Firmino or um, even Cody Gakpo. Right. Like if he just had like Firmino or Cody Gakpo's brain. Right. He'd be like (laughs) absolutely brilliant. Right. Or it's like you. Yeah, I, I'm not Guero. sure if it's it, I don't know if I wonder if for Darwin, he needs it's not about him thinking more like look at Sergio Aguero, like his just his innate finishing ability, his innate yeah. understanding of where this giant goal mouth in front of him is. Yep. And is it maybe Darwin is the smartest guy on the pitch at all times? I have no idea. 
Yeah, it yeah. just it, there is an innateness I think I don't know. too. If he's that playing really like lacking. if he's playing five dimensional chess, that it's it's not helping Liverpool enough. I'll say that much. Um, all right, so that that's I, I think we're gonna get some heat for that one, Brandon. But I, it's just they, bring it on. I just yeah, bring Liverpool it on. look great, all things considered. They do. It's, it's like it's kind of like Arsenal. It's, these are all qualified things, right? Like, but yeah. it, it, it sort of. Um, but why not? You're at the top of the table. It's all, you know, we're like, it's, it's, they're obviously doing great because we're talking about them a lot. Hey, you stop improving, you, you stop winning. That's all we're suggesting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's true of the always, it's as true of the always cheating <laughs> podcast as it is of the Premier League table. Uh, all right, Brad and uh, Aston Villa. Uh, I've got, I've got a, we, we've got two lukewarm takes here that will combine into um, one hot take. All right. How's that? Um, mm-hmm. Yours is maybe a little hotter. Uh, mine is that, uh, Douglas Luiz is the rare central midfielder who might be a long-term FPL hold, right? So generally speaking, uh, central midfielders are not the kind of players that you want outside of like a nice, a really nice run of fixtures, um, outside of kind of famously Yaya Torre. But in general, like these kind of box-to-box players are not great fantasy assets. But 5.5 million, five goals, two assists on free kicks, on some corners, I have been debating what to do with him. And I think after today, I just thought, you know, he's just creating chances constantly. And that, that assist was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you, I know you were, you were doing some traveling today, but yeah, great, amazing, amazing ball, right? A it was, perfect yeah, ball it was a free kick. He, he basically just leathered it into the box. Leathered into the box. Beautiful arc to it. And uh, I, I love goals like this. Like some of my favorite goals to watch. I feel like Dominic Calvert-Lewin used to specialize in those. Like those kind of, he actually scored one very similar to that at, at um, I can't remember if it was at Wembley or at the the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, but it was another, I think it was from Dean actually. This is like mm. five years ago. Anyway, um, so that's, I'm, I, so I like Louise. There's your, there's your warm take. And here's your, here's your bonus hot take, Brandon. My bonus hot take is Unai Emery is just as good a manager as Ange Postacoglio. <sighs> yeah, my winter jacket. Josh's eyebrows just were burned yeah. off of his uh, face. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the the Spurs Villa match was incredible viewing because, as I had said, it was like watching two ten year olds play FIFA. But it was also two managers who were both totally devoted to their their setup and. Uh, Emery was persisting with this high line and Ange was like, I know you're going to play this high line and I'm going to every ball that we kick is going to be to exploit that and to try to get behind it. And it was, it was also like incredible discipline from Aston Villa to prevent, to keep that, the offside trap going. Unai has to get the edge over Ange just based on that, like head to head matchup today as we record on Sunday. So, and I mean, this is not a hot take in so far as people have respected what Unai Emery has been doing at Aston Villa, but there is that flavor of Arsenal Unai Emery where everyone's like, eh, this guy's kind of like cool. You can do it at Villa, but could you do it like at a top four side in the premier league? I would not be surprised to see in a few years time, Unai Emery managing a, um, uh, a favored Aston Villa top four side. Yeah. Or moving on to like a, a Man City type squad. Could you see that? Like a, you know, moving. I don't know. He was an I, Arsenal manager previously. So maybe it's like the perfect home for Unai Emery because when he went to Arsenal, that it, it was just like too big of a club. Well, that's, that's going to be yeah. problematic the way that's phrased, but he just couldn't put the squad together. And Villarreal was where he, right 
really kind of came back into his sure. own. Yeah. And it's these yeah. these squads like Villarreal and Aston Villa where it's not filled with a bunch of like, you know, superstars. You know what I mean? So maybe that's his wheelhouse. And he, yeah, he, he I, needs to stay away from Man City. There, and there's something to be said for that, right? It's it's like uh, uh, the old, um, oh my gosh, uh, I'm forgetting his name now, the um, the Leeds manager, um, Bielsa. Bielsa, where, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes there is kind of like a level that, that where a manager kind of shines. I mean, it's funny because Bielsa then um, uh, is such a different manager than an Emery, but, you know, similar, similar idea perhaps there. Um, well, now that we're just trashing Ange Postacoglu, Brandon, uh, our next take is uh, is about Spurs and, and Ange, and I, I, you know, it sort of ties in with the uh, with 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 defense. So that's our that's our FPL um, connection here, Brandon, or defense, mm-hmm. if you will. Defense is how we say it in America. We say defense with um, three or four E's in it, Brandon. When I say when I say defense with my Midwestern accent, there is definitely four E's. D- in my e. Defense. Yeah. Defense. I always just say D, 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 defense. Yeah. As soon as I hold up a D and a picture of a fence, right? That's the you know, incredible stuff. Cheer my team on. Yeah. Uh, but is Ange the second coming of Ralph Heusenhudel or Maurizio Sorry? <laughs> Now that's not an either or thing, but is he one of these managers? Is he kind of all? Is 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 it just going to be wild swings all the time? Are we are we yeah. looking at a? We did not even say I'll throw Bielsa in there too. You know, Bielsa, sorry, Heisenhudel. If anything, I mean, if it's sorry and Bielsa, maybe maybe we need to drop the Heisenhudel, Brennan, because that that almost feels. That might be too. That might be too hot. Actually, that might be absolute. What's the no, What's the opposite I, of absolute zero? Absolute. I, heat. I don't know. <laughs> I think this is why the take works is Haas and Hoodle because okay, and Haas and Hoodle got done at Southampton by Ange's team by Spurs where they yeah. did the like nine nil or whatever it was because Haas and Hoodle was like, no, we're gonna play the high line. This is how we're gonna do it. That right. was Ange against Chelsea two or three weeks ago. So I, I think that the correlation is is 100% there. The, okay. th- I, the positive thing you would say about Postacoglu is there's something else to it. Hasenhutl yep. basically had a diagram. It was like he was doing a dot to dots. He's, he was copying off of somebody's playbook. I don't think Hasenhutl really knew where to take it beyond just setting the team up. And Postacoglio understands, here's the tactic, here's the setup, here's also the man motivation. Here are like a modest amount of in-game tactics with with substitutions and all that stuff. I think Ange is a phenomenal manager, but I, I think he's going to be brutalized by the shift from could Spurs win the league to, okay, now reality check. This is the way it was always going to be. It was always going to be a gradual thing for Ange at Spurs. I think it will come good, but yeah. um, I, I think, it, I think the prospects are better than Haas and Hoodle at Southampton. Uh, by the way, Brandon, um, I think that's a good, I, I think, okay. I, I think that's a hot take. I got sucked into um, looking at a quick Quora article about the opposite of absolute zero uh, and the absolute zero, the opposite of absolute zero, Brandon is mm-hmm. infinity because infinity represents all energy in the universe put together because wow. energy equals heat. So we should get, um, we should get, uh, Oppenheimer, uh, on this <laughs> podcast should, at some yeah. point. I was not expecting that because absolute zero isn't even, you know, it's cold, but it's, you know, 
It's like we can take a, it. You know, we, yeah, you can, I'd be fine. But and, and infinite heat that does seem. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could take that. That might be. Um, that's hotter than like Arizona in the summer, Brandon. That's uh, that's very very hot. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, I'll, I'll, what's a bonus take? Oh, the bonus take for for Spurs just to give them a just just to lighten the the mood here a little bit is that um, I think that Vicario may actually be the best goalkeeper in the Premier League now. Here, that here, how, agreed. Yeah, yeah, big fan of him. Um, that's just a fun take, a bonus fun take. Uh, Manchester United, Brandon. That was here's your hot take. Zero take. Holy sh. Absolute zero take. The uh, Manchester United is that it is time to look at Harry Maguire for your defense. Whew. Bam! I mean, Spice. there's your take. Yeah, like like get your get your little twigs and marshmallows and roast them over that uh, burning I mean, hot take. But honestly, point, yeah. you're not wrong. Four, he's he's no. dirt cheap. How much is he? How much does he cost? He's he's four point three million. He has four clean sheets in the last six matches. Not really giving you any kind of goal over assist threat, but again, you know, four, uh, yeah, four and six, and including three consecutive clean sheets. Got a bonus point in game week 11. Uh, two of those are away matches as well. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you've got to give him, uh, give them some credit. Now, granted, granted, the, what makes this, this extra hot is that they literally had a 2.73 X, <laughs> XG against today. So, in a normal situation, Everton probably should have scored three goals. <laughs> but you know what? They they didn't, Brandon. Scoreboard, yeah. scoreboard, don't lie. Scoreboard, don't scoreboard lie. Says, yeah, don't lie. <laughs> scoreboard says 4.3 million defender just got another clean sheet. It's a totally mixed bag with fixtures coming up for Maguire, too. Away at St. James Park against Newcastle in game week 14, which, like, good luck like yeah harry Maguire's yep. getting negative two points in that match would be my yeah. prediction chelsea home who knows bournemouth yep. home carry on mr Maguire. liverpool away yeah. west ham away villa forest I, I i mean if you're looking to get rid of the likes of cabore or bell or some other um last midfielder on your bench there's probably no better place to look than Maguire right now yeah, def- defender. I think he's a midfielder, but yeah, defender. Yeah, yes. I agree. I mean, I uh, we'll see how my little experiment goes with Fulham defenders tomorrow. Uh, I'm sort of taking a uh, again one of these kind of slightly risky punts that we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I mean, they actually do have the third best clean sheet shots. You know, by the time you listen to this pod, we probably already know um, how either how well or poorly that that transfer worked out. Um, but e- even without uh, Polina, they were they were you know near there near the top there. So. Um, all right, Brandon, let's, let's move on to, by the way, I, I'm actually surprised that Manchester United have sneakily moved into uh sixth place above Newcastle. That's sort of They're like the form like, team in the premier league right now. I know we sort of have this idea of them as being this huge disappointment this year, but I mean, they're in six now, only one win back of, um, of, um, Spurs and Spurs and Villa. Um, all right. So the next one is, uh, Newcastle United and, uh, our take is this. Isak is going to be the most important fantasy asset throughout the Fexto. Wow. Let's try that again, Brendan. <laughs> Isak is going to be the most important fantasy asset throughout the festive fixtures. So I'm counting that basically starting the next weekend, which is when, you know, December kicks off. It'll be uh, Saturday will be December 2nd through game week 20, which is when the run of, of, uh, tightly packed fixtures conclude. So uh, Isak's back. Wilson is out. Isak scored um, in the Chelsea match. What else do you want to say about Isak, Brandon? 
Well, the fixtures are great. As we as mentioned, home Manchester United this coming weekend. Then it's Everton, Spurs with a totally misaligned defense right now. Fulham, Luton, Forest, and most importantly, it is Luton in game week eighteen when City and Brentford have that blank. So you're oh, it, always there for us. Looting town. Looting uh, town. And, yeah. And and they'll they'll cap off the festive period with a difficult away match at Anfield in game week twenty. But but fair play, Isak. I'll be watching that Newcastle team closely with their Champions League fixture midweek because they're yeah. in really behind the eight ball in their European yeah. group right now. And yeah. I would expect Isak to play. I would love to see Isak play, play well and come off at the 65th minute. That's what I want. Yeah. You know, I, the other uh, take we could throw in there too, is that uh, Anthony Gordon is a lot better than he looks. There's something Anthony, Anthony Gordon does not look, <laughs> he, he does not. He, I just, I'm not saying he's a bad looking person or whatever, but he just does not, cut the figure of like a like super awesome athlete winger type right like just i don't know what it is about his kind of like he looks kind of scrawny i, I mean i you know i don't know i, I mean again mm-hmm. i'm not like i'm not being um lookist here or whatever but it's just like the impression you get from him is that he is yeah he looks like um steve rogers and captain america yeah. before he got the the, the totally. power up you know and yet yeah. he has been he's been terrific so i to I watch him play though is is tells a yeah. different story i think yeah, when exactly. he's on the ball he looks very yeah i mean yeah ball like don't david lie. beckham's Again. father brandon i i neg in order to praise okay <laughs> yeah it's i'm breaking Fair. him down so i can build him back up yeah. um all right uh let's move it on to brighton here um here's my hot take for brighton brandon I don't think that Brighton will keep a clean sheet the entire 2023-2024 season. Entire season, okay? Mm-hmm. They're 0 for 13 so far, and I don't know where that clean sheet's going to come from. They can't keep a clean sheet against anybody, and it's not even close. And now that they've got they've got Dunk suspended for a couple weeks, they've got uh, Stupinon out indefinitely, uh, Webster is out, um, Igor is out. It's, it's like a— Not you know, Igor. Not ego. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sally March is out. Matoma's out. And again, I'm not saying that like these, obviously where I'm talking about midfielders and forward players here, but those players being out it also means that they're going to be, they're not going to be able to kind of put the, you know, sort of have, be on the aggressive quite as much as they like. Right. Which is only going to make them kind of more exposed. So uh, yeah, I really am. I'm very worried about this, uh, this Brighton defense. The, yeah. I, it feels like the Deserby is sort of, uh, you know, he had the great celebration went out there, like, you know, even kind of joked about it afterwards, but like he ran out there, like they won the champions league. But, um, I think they're struggling to be incredibly fun to watch. He was going to get fired the- if they lost that game. I mean, I, that would, that would be my hot <laughs> take. That. Um, yeah. is when three that- dry- they haven't even lost since game week nine. I, but you know, it's yeah. Just a frustrating <laughs> when that first for forest sure. goal went in, I was like, man, things are going in the polar in the very wrong direction for Brighton yeah. right yeah. now compared to where they were a couple months into the True. season. And that's that is true. Is like about to too. enter his, you know, Marco Silva era or something yeah. like that? Uh, but Burnley, he pulled it out of the bag. Yeah. Burnley game week sixteen. There's your there's your test, Brandon. If they don't keep a clean sheet there, I don't know if I don't know if they're getting. Okay, we'll year. see what happens. And yeah, again, I'm talking whole season. I just mean I don't mean the calendar year 2023. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's let's keep moving here. Uh, West Ham. Uh, this one is this one's spicy, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a there's a there's a there's an explanation that we can use for this as well though. But here it is. Here we go. Tom 
Thomas Suchek is at least 80% as good a fantasy asset as Cole Palmer. <laughs> wow. What do you think about this? Yeah. I love this take, and as somebody who owns both Suchek and Cole Palmer, uh, and Suchek is always on my bench and Cole Palmer is always playing, usually it works in my favor. Well, actually, it's like 50% of the time it works in my favor, and 50% of the time it doesn't. Uh, 50% of the time it works 100% of the time. And and the only reason it's not going in Suchek's favor is because of penalties, which are you know hard to replicate week in, yep. week out. Are these uh, set pieces that Suchek is scoring off of? I mean, I think Suchek's set piece goal, or it wasn't a set piece goal, but the cross from Kudus was on par with Douglas Luiz de Pau Torres, an incredible sort of like um, scissor kick-ish from from Suchek. It was glorious. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, if somebody out there wants to sort of collaborate with me on an experiment where we start... Cole Palmer, one team starts Cole Palmer every week, and I start Suchek every week. Who's going to come out ahead? Uh, and I just feel like it's yeah. looking likely that Suchek is going to beat Cole Palmer as yeah. much of a trend as Cole Palmer is. I guess this is our, our Ian Malcolm episode, Brandon, because, uh, you know, much like dinosaurs in life, um, Suchek finds a way, doesn't he? He just, he he does. Yes, just he does. always he finds a way. Some um, chaos theory yeah. right there. And uh, I also think we could probably argue that he's the second best West Ham fantasy asset. Uh, I think we can now. And part of the re, part of the reason here, uh, you Who's know, better than Suchek. Some, well, I guess, you know, I mean, I guess you'd have to, you know, Ward Press would have would have a case. But um, uh, but I think part of the part of the appeal of Suchek is that you can bench him. Right. Like sometimes mm-hmm. with these players, if they get more expensive, it gets harder and harder to bench them. Right. Because they're yeah. they're they're taking up a little more money. You probably don't have. You've got someone cheap, um, even cheaper, right? Like taking up taking up space in your squad if you've got a 5.5 or 6 million mid. But with Suchek, you can just bench him in the worst fixtures, and that's kind of fine. And uh, whereas Cole Palmer is almost too good, and, and, and word process is kind of the same way, where you sort of you feel obligated to start them no matter what. And then <laughs> Dude, that's where the disappointment really yeah. creeps in. Su- Suchek has four goals. Listen to that. Thomas yeah. Suchek has four goals in his game week 13. Well, sometimes. And sometimes he places a 10, you know, I mean, he's done, he's done some good things. Um, all right. We got uh, one more take, Brendan, and then we're going to take a quick break. Uh, this is for uh, Chelsea. This one's from you and I like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to make you own it. Uh, he said, uh, those of you who think Reese James has ever been a good fantasy pick outside of a four week window, two years ago, live in the multiverse. Explain. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're all living in a, in a different version of Rick and Morty or whatever. Because yeah. Reese James ain't it. Like, okay, he's a good player. I I get that, and and that's fine. There Fun are a lot of good players out there. Plenty, yeah. too many, honestly. Um, it's it's like working in book publishing. Everyone's got like their novel in their desk drawer, but then they blame <laughs> the publishing industry because they can't get it published. Well, listen, we've got too many books as it is. Reese yeah. James, yeah, yeah. Reese James is a fantasy asset that should stay in your desk drawer and never come out and be put out on submission is what I'm thinking. Uh, okay. and, and the fact that this club made him captain is just so hilarious to me. Like, what were they thinking? It's not a great choice. For I don't know why reasons. they made him captain either. It's like a weird, it's like when Thomas Vermolin was cat. It's like, just don't, don't captain someone you don't trust to, to start most of your matches. Right. Just, mm-hmm. it's like make it a central midfielder of center back or somebody who's just going to 
like they do just doesn't I mean, get injured very often. You want to you want to bag on a defender? Tiago Silva had like the most hilarious blooper reel of all time. I know the this day weekend. that he became the day that he became the <laughs> oldest. I think we got to we got to cut him some slack because he officially became the oldest player that Chelsea had ever fielded when he started Muzzle, this weekend. Yeah. So so we'll give him we'll give him a little break because you and I are uh, approaching the the Tiago Silva zone ourselves. So we got to uh, like the be, Wilford Brimley yeah. line. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, Brandon. We're going to do the final 10 teams after this. All right, Brad, we're back. We're halfway through. One hot take for all 20 Premier League teams. We mm-hmm. move now to the bottom half of the table. This this take, Brandon, is uh, – it's it. you know what it is? It's so cold that it's a hot take in and of itself. How about that? What is, yeah, well, what it's, is, a, yeah. it's, what is it's a club. Time? Yeah, it's in an it's an anti infinity uh, minus infinity reverse infinity take. Uh, but it's a club that defies takes. It's Brentford. And I think Brentford, the only take that anyone could ever have about this club is seems fine. Um, Everything seems the, fine. I think the other take is that uh, in his absence, we have realized just how important Rico Lewis is to this squad. It is shocking mm. to me. I had no idea how much I needed Rico Lewis in my own life until Rico Lewis uh, went mm-hmm. away. And, I, you know, arguably Ben Me as well. I think uh, Ben Me is just one of those guys who just ticks along. And I think he's in his 30s now. And, Lewis man, and without me. Ben Me, yeah, without me, they're, they're just not as strong. They really kept a, could have kept a clean sheet yesterday. It would have been um, fitting had they done. Yeah, I mean, God, it's just such a, it's kind of infuriating as a Fulham supporter, like how tightly run that club is and how just kind of bulletproof the philosophy is, the transfer policy is, the management is, it's all going well for Brentford. We might not have cause to talk about them. I mean, it looks like maybe they, given how things have gone in the first half of the season, seems even more likely that they'd be willing to take big money in January and sell Ivan Tony yeah. to the yeah. likes of Chelsea or even Arsenal if they if they want to go that route yeah. uh, because Probably Brentford have to that. believe like it's like we're fine we uh, you'd rather have Tony than not obviously but um, that's it it oh, seems okay. fine here's a take for you here's another here's a medium take for you which is that i think that Neil Mape is going to start starting in place of Johan Wissa very soon. Now, Mape's already got a couple starts here and there, but I feel like he really brings something to the table when he gets on the pitch. And I think that he's going to be coming in for for Johan Wissa very soon. Okay. That, spot. that is probably the hottest take uh, of the pod, and I appreciate you for it. Um, I mean, Wiss has done basically nothing. He had those, it, he had those, oh, those nice two first two weeks, and then he's... It is crazy. Some, he's vanished. Yeah. He has yeah, vanished, and I thought... Vanished. I thought they were going to be a good one too, and Bomo and Visa. And at least Mape can move about the pitch, so long as you're not counting on Mape to finish. That's no, fine. we won't. We won't be having him in fantasy. But I do. <laughs> I do think he'll be starting. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Wolves, Brandon. The uh, uh, again, we found another way to work Ange Postacoglu into the podcast. <laughs> and our, our hot take on Wolves is that Gary O'Neill is the real Ange. He did it. Y'all should have been. Y'all should have been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wormholes, you, multiverses. Yeah. Gary, in some multiverse out there, Gary O'Neill yeah. is receiving all the accolades that Postacoglu has when he arrived in North London. Now, yeah. obviously, we're we're t- taking the mick a little bit here 
And again, sure. I want to, you know, the we're Spurs fans, fans we're, we're, you know, we're the Spurs fans, fans are always get their yeah. dander up and, and yeah. we are fans. We, and, and good things have happened and will continue to, but Gary O'Neill just done absolutely dirty by Bournemouth and many, many failings to Bournemouth for what they've done to various managers throughout the year, uh, throughout the years. I think Gary O'Neill's got the stuff and Wolves yeah. look great because of him. I think so too. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of wish he would like, I think you're right about the Katya napping. You know, I think, I wish he would look at the camera uh, like Alan Pardue style every now and then and just, and just <laughs> whisper that, you know, whisper uh-huh. Katya napping and maybe, maybe wink a little bit afterwards or something like that. Uh, bonus hot take is that Huang is good. Fun player to watch. I like him. I'm rooting for him. I sort of, I want him to do well. It's sort of, it's fun to say he's, it's again, he's, he's this year's Joe Linton is what he is, Brandon. The mm. kind of forward who's found a home in the kind of attacking midfielder, central midfielder zone. And uh, how many goals like do you it. think Huang is going to score against Fulham on Monday? Uh, zero. I think that he's going to. Um, I he's think going to look great, up, but it's going to yeah. come out empty handed. Yeah, he's going to give away the ball in the defensive zone, and um, it's going to be uh, taken away by uh, by and, and, and by Jedi Robinson. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know how that one's going to work out. I'm not curious. the wings you're looking for. Not the yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, uh, moving on to Crystal Palace. By the way, just Wolves in general, much more fun to watch this year. I'm and I we I think we O'Neill is to thank for that. I mean, again, fantasy. Fantasy or not, if you're if you take fantasy seriously, you end up watching basically everybody from time to time, right? They all kind of pop up on your screen various times. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Wolves, I, I feel like we're kind of like my least favorite team to watch last season, and this year they're bringing a lot more fun to the table. So I'm I'm happy about that. MFFA. All right, well, this brings us to Crystal Palace, and here we have Josh. The hot take. Recently returned from injury, Michael Olise. What could we say about this man? Well, the take is he will be the highest scoring Palace player from game weeks 14 to game week 20. How do you like that? Does this have anything to do with uh, Abrezio Eze being out with an injury after this weekend? It's certainly a factor. I mean, as they looked spectacular, but I thought, you know, we, we saw Elise come on in person, uh, played the final 23 minutes of the Everton match. I thought he played very yeah. well in that match in his Great player. limited limited time. Uh, came out in the Luton match, uh, picked up a goal and three bonus points, played all 90 minutes. Um, it's cheap to 5.8 million. So again, if you're looking for um, a slightly under the radar option, now granted, uh, I, I don't really recommend it because they've got a pretty tough run coming up. Um, next two are okay, but then, uh, Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, and Chelsea. Um, but uh, but still, I think uh, for a team that might be struggling to score a little bit, uh, especially if Eze is out for an extended period of time, I do think that Elise is going to be involved in the goals and that he's going to end up as the top-scoring player. I, I think, do we say midfielder player or all? Yeah, I think he's just the top-scoring Palace player just across the board. I think that yeah. when you factor in... Well, they don't keep um, clean sheets anymore, Josh, so that's fine. Yeah, I know. The Gahey thing has really not... Um, has not worked out. And um, Anderson too. I mean, Anderson is, um, you know, he's just ridiculous. Yeah. He went from 4.5 to 5.2 million. And uh, (laughs) that, that is crazy for like a center back. It's provoked a Joker esque laugh from me there. It's great. Yeah. Uh, My under, under one X G under one X a on the season. Uh, What? nine bonus i guess i don't know so yeah that one that one's uh i think now is the time to sell high with anderson because he's gonna yeah. we're gonna see him drop all the way back down to to 
4.5 or so by the time the season's over. Um, all right. Forrest, Brandon, um, mm. <laughs> we have, uh, we're trying to turn this one into an FPL take. And, uh, the first takeaway is that the squad is simply too big to have a take. Okay. How do you have a take on 40 to 50 different players, Brandon? I don't know. Uh, but the, the, <laughs> the translation is stay away from the whole team. The whole squad, Brandon is a, is a full on, uh, not a full, um, a full on mm-hmm. stay away this season. I, I do not expect to have a well i guess i do have no i don't even have turner anymore right so turner yeah. uh, although turner what's going on with him is he like i thought he was injured but now he's just maybe dropped and uh, now he's you have totally a, dropped yeah yeah Od- odysseus now starts for him wow that's a very greek sort of uh or dis oh, what am i thinking of the uh you 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 know you want to gouge like out Homer your father's odysseus? eyes yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, yeah. exactly. Oh, you're thinking of Oedipus. Oh, yeah, Oedipus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Oedipus yeah, no, is where yeah. my brain immediately yeah. went instead of yes, the, no. the literal Odysseus. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Forest is one of the classic teams where like team who you 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 want to be FPL relevant because you kind of begrudgingly respect them if you're yep. a neutral, but yep. you just can't. There's just too much going on there. I know. It's, and somebody brings this dish to Thanksgiving, and there's just too there's too much crap in it and you're just kind of like i'll pass like i'll may or maybe you put a little bit of forest on the side of your plate and pretend to pick at it <laughs> i forgot by the way that i actually have a i do have a um a, a forest player uh, on my squad right now Callan, yeah. he's been injured for so long that i've kind of forgotten about him they they host everton in uh in game week 14 so in theory i could play him i don't know who i play him over nobody i guess but he is he is moving to the first bench spot brandon which has been a great spot for players to be um you had uh seven from uh you had seven from from um lascellas last week you had uh 15 from samikas the week before that uh great stuff you know i think five from Shar the, the week before that so if you were in my first bench spot you are doing really well at the moment brandon Gold so, dust. Uh, so, something to keep in mind um, all right, let's move on to, I mean, there's just not a lot to say with Forrest, right? Because it's, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's not really a hot take, but, uh, I do enjoy watching Gibbs white play. Like I, I like him. I, I don't think I'd own him in fantasy, but I do yeah, that, that would be play. the hot take of any to the good Gibbs white is on the fantasy radar. That's, but that's not, that's just good scouting as a fantasy yeah. manager. Yeah. So there yeah. you have it. Do you know he had 12 assists last season? It's more than I realized. 12 I assists from. Yeah. Now, now you do. Now you do. Now knowing is half the battle. All right, Brandon Fulham. I let you uh, do the take for this one. So let's hear it. What is the, what is your hot take for Fulham? Fulham will be the lowest scoring team in the second half of the season. They don't have an oh. actual striker. The strikers they do have are uh, bad uh, at, at this time uh, as of this writing. Uh, they're going to struggle to score. And I think even the likes of Burnley <laughs> and the bottom, the bottom feeders are going to outscore Fulham. Uh, yeah. Fulham will be fine. I don't think they're in, in like, it's going to be tense. It's going to be squeaky bum time for Fulham supporters. Ultimately they they'll, they'll write it out, but they're just not going to score any goals the rest of the season. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, I, yeah, I, I it's just like they, I thought Vicario might have a chance to be the guy. Vinicius? I know I'm, I, I'm much higher or Vinicius. No, actually I thought Vicario, I thought he would play. Think, um, he's such a good position. goalkeeper. Why yeah, not put him why up not front be, for why Fulham? Why not make him forward? Exactly. I get exactly. that. It's like my, my Benteke should have been a center back uh, argument that I was advocating mm. for, for many years. Um, yeah. I think that uh, that's a, that's a grim take, 
but you are a supporter, which means you're allowed to be as um, <laughs> depressed as you want about That's them. The way now, it they're, goes. They're, they should still be fine. Like they might even finish top half of the table, but um, maybe not top half anymore if they can't score a goal. I guess that's really the mm-hmm. problem there. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, they do get a little grimmer. I guess as you go bottom of the table here, right, Brandon? Some of the we're trying to find the brightness. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Actually, in fact, we've got one here. Bournemouth. Dominic Solanke, despite the game week 13th blank, is still an excellent fantasy asset and a good Alvarez replacement. Yeah, their their fixtures Villa at home in game week 14, followed by Brighton, Sheffield United, Aston Villa. I'm sorry, I'm reading Brentford's. Uh, wait, Aston Villa. <laughs> let me hit the reset. Aston Villa at home in game week 14 for for Dominic Solanke, followed by Palace, Manchester United. Guess who they play in game week 17, Josh? Got to be Luton Town. It's looting town. Looting uh, town. Forest yeah. full. This is that's that's the run. Seventeen to eighteen for Big Dom, looting yeah. Forest and and Fulham. So I I agree with this take. I think Dom continues to be a good pick. And if you're feeling like you were dodging points this weekend, even though Bournemouth scored three, just stick with it. It's the way it always yeah. goes, right? Yeah. Fantasy points and- come to the good players in time. And I think, and, you know, to his credit, again, I don't mean to be like Mr. XG on this, on today's pod, but, um, you know, 0.62 XG for, for Solanke in that, in that Sheffield match. So, you know, points to, uh, you know, a lot of involvement um, and, and, and some real chances for him. So, um, and I think you kind of see that across the board. I mean, he has six goals and 5.9 XG in the season. So, um, you know, it's been a very, um, he has, he has basically performed as expected, right? He is, this is what you're going to get from him. Like he's basically a, He's 6.5 and he's going to score a goal like almost every other match. Like that's, that's a pretty good return for that price. You know, it's an excellent return in fact for that price. Um, All right. Speaking of dropping G's as mm -hmm. we were many minutes ago, looting town, looting town, Uh, hot take here. Josh is Luton just out of the, uh, the relegation zone might be the, or are this, these takes are emphatic and definitive. Luton are the best promoted team. Why is this fantasy relevant for us, Josh? Well, it's fantasy relevant because uh, we have been looking to their fixtures as a as an opportunity to possibly captain or bring in players for them. When in fact, of the three promoted teams, they're probably at this point the one who is most likely to give the team that they're playing trouble, right? Because mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is just that Luton can score. Like they are a team that is capable of scoring some goals. And I think that that is... Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, just, I mean, they've outscored Sheffield and Burnley so far in the season. They've, um, who else have they outscored, Brandon? They've outscored, um, they've outscored Fulham. Uh, Fulham is actually tied with Burnley you? for, for yeah. bottom of the table. So, uh, you know, they are for a team that we've sort of, um, had some chuckles at over the, over the season so far, Brandon. I mean, no, no, we're not chuckling at them exactly. They're, they have supporters and they're a, you know, the worthy promoted club, just like, you know, they didn't like fluke their way it's there. Good Maybe natured. They, yeah. It's, it's good natured, but they have, they have five points from 15, which I think is really not bad considering how they started the season. There was some talk mm-hmm. at the beginning about whether they were like the worst ever promoted club. And it looks like they're going to be fine. I mean, I, I they're probably still going to go down, but like it, they're, it's like they may finish with 27 points or something like that. Right. Just like a totally Re, they're they're at nine points through thirteen, right? So that would that would be just under twenty seven if you looked at it through a full a full season. So that and that would be like a I think a respectable kind of like Huddersfield Town their second year, right? right? They they went down, but it was a nice little two year run for Huddersfield. Nobody, um, you know, nobody could say they didn't like put in a good effort when they were when they were up. So, um, 
Brandon, that brings us to the next team, though, Sheffield United. Um, the flip side, I think, here of the Luton um, mm-hmm. the debate, which is that Sheffield United are the worst promoted team. Take this into consideration <laughs> when doing your FPL planning. So, again, I Don't think we're all I hung do. up on how fun it is to say Looting Town that we are we are looking at their fixtures and maybe Sheffield United is not quite at the top of our kind of planning list as they as they should be. Right. So um, let's see. Sheffield play away to Burnley. Okay. That's really not helpful. But then, <laughs> then they play they play Liverpool in 15. So Mo Salah, maybe possible possible captaincy shot, especially with um with uh so you have Salah at Sheffield versus uh Holland at Aston Villa. I think that there you can make a strong case there that that, that is a weak I'm when captaining you really, Salah. When you would look at Salah for that one. I think so too. Yeah. And uh and I think I think again we're 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 sort of we've been very Luton focused. But Sheffield United are really uh, a team that we should be um kind of targeting I think a little bit more. And um and again it, it sort of shows out in the um just the in the X you know I mean not even X just the, the actual goals conceded which is uh 34 for Sheffield United which is far and away the most you have Burnley at 32 and then nobody else is even in the thirties um, in terms of how many goals they've allowed so far this season. So um, Sheffield are just absolutely shipping goals at the moment. And yeah. uh, um, so that's, that's definitely something to keep in mind with your, with your planning. They bad. Now Everton, <laughs> Everton are up next. Yeah, Poor and, Everton. <laughs> yeah. Should not be we, in 19th, but here they are. I mean, yeah, obviously they're in 19th because of the 10 points deduction they were made to take by the Football Association because of some dirty deeds behind the scene with uh, financial stuff. But Mm -hmm. the hot take here is that uh, Everton will be safe. They are not going down. I think even if this, you know, the, the suspicion would be after appeals that this points deduction will be reduced to maybe eight, maybe six points or so on. Uh, I mean, I suspect that the FA is just trying to use Everton as a case study to see how this all goes down amongst the general public before they really throw the book at the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City. This is all just like very fascinating. But uh, even though Everton got waxed at home, uh, no one really predicted a 3-0 defeat to Manchester United. But I I think that they're, they're good. Uh, speaking of the match against Manchester United this weekend, 24 shots by Everton. Yeah. Six of those, you would like to see more than six of 24 shots on target, but still they were hot to trot against Manchester United. Six isn't bad though, by their standards. I feel like that's, yeah, six is pretty good. Yeah. Five is nearly a three XG and they had no goals to show for it. But what that shows is they're just kind of still coming together as an attacking unit. And we, you know, we yeah. saw them live at Selhurst park and they beat palace three, two and yeah, uh, just looked, looked very cohesive. So I think Dyche will, will get them over the line here. Any other takes yeah. on Everton? No, I mean, um, I, and I guess like the, them getting dug 10 points. I mean, it, it's like, I think that's like a totally reasonable thing within the, I, I would I actually am someone who would like to see financial fair play get enforced. I think it's it's just hard not to see it within the context of Man City's lack of a deduction so far, right? right. And so it sort of feels like maybe one team is like lawyered up better than the other or something like that. Or maybe there's just less paperwork to sort through with, with Everton. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with man city if, and when they, they get some kind of deduction. Um, so anyway, that's, 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 that's not, well, it's relevant for Everton, which is that I, I think that I think they'll still, they'll stay up. I don't think that I, I maybe that's not exactly the hottest take, but I do think that they'll stay up this season. Um, 
So, Brandon, that leaves us with our 20th team. And we're ending this on a, on a slight note of optimism here, Brandon, which is that <laughs> I think, you think, we both think this, we, yeah. we speak as one voice here in the Overstream Podcast, yes. that Burnley are one good January transfer window away from challenging to stay up this season. Yeah, I, I the January transfer window notoriously like a hard time <clears throat> to get like a transformative signing over the line, but Burnley are kind of starting from nothing, mm-hmm. and I think Company has got he you know just look at what he did in the championship last season. There's something there, and if they can get one sort of miracle signing, and we're yeah. not talking about like you need to sign Neymar or something like that. It yep. could just be somebody who we've not heard of or not been paying attention to who comes up from the championship or the like. But there is, there should be something at Burnley that could be unlocked. And I, I, I think we could see it. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I mean, I, I, do you think company will be there? Like on <laughs> January 1st, is company going to be, because that'll be like, what, seven, seven matches from now? Like, does he last to January 1st that is that is really the yeah. big question I mean what he's he's kind of going down the Patrick Vieira route managerially you know, speaking now where yeah. you're like oh, okay good ideas you've made it work to some degree and it's just not going to produce any money for this club in the yeah. Premier League so you gotta go I don't yeah. I I hope that company is not then replaced by another Daesh-esque figure well that's what i was gonna say if deitch hadn't if deitch was still without a job you could see him sort of hodgson style just just going into that that role but um yeah it does feel like there's enough talent here for them to at least compete to to maybe fight and stay out of you know like at least you could see them being 17th place in april right like it still feels like they're most likely to go yeah. down but you could there's like a version of this team where you could see them kind of yep. kind of step up a little bit and you know maybe it starts brandon with your boy nathan redmond now brand granted he only has um 88 minutes in the season but uh i know you've been you've been talking to some of your people you think that nate redmond is going to uh start to yeah. explode in the next few weeks yeah, you know, there's a grassroots sort of uh, effort happening amongst yeah, my people, as you mentioned, and mm-hmm. we'll see. Crew. You know, I don't want to yeah. talk too much about it here on this now, podcast, but school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you want to uh, just look out uh, on my Redmond, Redmond cast for more details, please. Do. Okay, that sounds good. And uh, yeah, and then I, you know, obviously I'm a huge um, Benson head as well. And so I think that once once we get more minutes from Benson, he, now granted he's only played 65 minutes in the season, Brennan, hasn't played since uh, four minutes in game week six, but I think that Benson could still be, could still be the man. Now are you talking about, is that so like the Robert Guillaume uh, TV show from the eighties? Benson. <laughs> it's like Benson. Yeah. It's that it's the same guy actually, Brandon. They say there's no second acts <laughs> in life, but uh, there is for Benson. Uh, he's 70 years old, but he's still, he's still cooking. He still cooks, Brandon. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that that's your, those are your 20 hot takes. Uh, Game week 14 kicks off on Saturday. No early match on Saturday. It kicks off with, there's a late match that day though, uh, which kind of, mm-hmm. Ooh, Newcastle man United as the, um, 3 p.m. U.S., 8 p.m. U.K. Ooh, that yeah. should be a fun one. That is yes. very a match to look forward to for sure. Um, and uh, 
captain options. I think you and I both are leaning towards uh, Man City, especially without um, with Spurs being down a couple of center backs. I think we probably saw that a little bit today with um, the way Watkins split the defense uh, when he mm-hmm. scored that that second goal for Villa. Um, and so I think it feels like a fairly straightforward captain option this week. Um, I, I could see somebody maybe trying to make a case for someone like Saka at home to Wolves. I think that's fine. I just don't like it as much as, um, or I guess Isak would also be, a, you know, another another consideration. But again, I Man, Man United are. I don't know. I mean, conceding three xg. That's that's a pretty. That's pretty tough. So I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think that I think Isak is going to be yeah. in the goals. I like Isak. I think Newcastle are going to slaughter Manchester United, and it's it's well due uh, for yeah. United, the form team. Obviously, Salah has to be in the discussion, home and field, any against any opponent, but against Fulham, yes, where you've got uh, a sloppy center back pairing with Tim Ream and and probably Calvin Basie, and uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be another similar week to this week where people are kind of split between Salah and Holland for the sort of obvious on paper choice. Yeah, but yeah, I'll be I'll yeah. be Holland for sure. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards Holland as well. It, it will be solid vice for me, so I think we're probably going to be in the same spot there. I mean, I I, I do want to be a little more bold with my transfers, but I don't really love getting bold with my captaincy decisions in general unless it's like just the right week to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, and so I think we talked about transfer decisions at the top of the pod, so let's skip that part. Um, X dog in him. Uh, we got a little let down. We thought Everton would have that dog in them, and uh, granted, they did with shot wise and XG wise, but <laughs> yeah. not score wise or FPL wise. So I, uh, I think we should we should go a little off the board here with the XDIH. Um, ooh, okay. How about this? Does the Burnley comeback? start this weekend brandon we're we're we're, we we were big up in burnley a little bit with our hot takes here Uh does uh does nathan redmond get some minutes for burnley does (laughs) he score a late does he come on late and score a game winner for sheffield united i'm predicting nathan redmond and burnley in general have that dog in them this weekend I want to see Nathan Redman at the end of this match get it to get the drumstick a la John Madden at the end of the Thanksgiving <laughs> football match. And there's Nathan Redman thanking all of his fans and supporters, including me among them, uh, while he takes a big honking bite out of that drumstick. <laughs> uh, did you wait, did you have a uh, do you have a, an XDIH for your you know I'll, I'll be a little more earnest with my DAH pick. I think sure. Sun it has the makings of of a great game week against city is okay. city just, they, they, they get away with having a horrible defense and, you know, numbers, numbers keep putting city's defense and uh, who am I to argue with these numbers? There's no good Josh, defenses but, this year. There's no good. There's like, there's not a single one. Let's just, let's just leave it. Yeah. I, I, I think a goal is the floor for sun this week. And I think after getting caught so many times offside, not necessarily son, but the people providing the passes to son yeah. uh, against Villa, he's going to want to rectify that. And what better way to do it than at the Eddie hot. So I, I, I love son as a pick. That's, that's a, that's a good pick. My pick was, was pretty lame. I have to admit, I uh, hadn't really thought it through. How about Anthony <laughs> Gordon, Anthony Gordon, uh, keeping, yeah. keeping the run going, um, in the, uh, the menu at a match. I, Anthony, Anthony Gordon to score or assist Brandon. That's my, that's mm-hmm. my XDIH gambling pick of the week. Um, all right, Brandon, uh, if you're only going to watch one match this weekend, what match should that be? I feel like every time I gravitate toward Chelsea with this question, mostly because Chelsea are like the great riddle of this Premier League season. You don't know what 
what team you're Mercurial. ever going to get. Yeah, but then true. you you have them in game week fourteen up against another mercurial side in Brighton, and I think the atmosphere that we experienced at the Bridge when Chelsea hosted City uh, two weeks yep. ago was just incredible. The Bridge is great. Yeah. I think the the fans there will 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 bring the hot takes themselves. I think this yep. is going to be a good one. Merc- yeah, Mercury Rising, Brandon. Uh, a great movie just turned into a great uh, matchup this weekend. I like, I think that's a great pick. Um, it's actually uh, it's sort of similar to uh, game 13, honestly, uh, a lot of interesting matches. I think Man City Spurs obviously should be a really interesting and hopefully very open match. Um, I'd say the matches are a little better on Sunday than Saturday, although Newcastle man United uh, to close things out. I, this feels like a week where you could, if you're, if you had to skip all of Saturday until the, until the end think you're probably okay there forest mm-hmm. everton burnley sheffield brentford luton Ludine town uh even arsenal wolves I, just, I don't really see a lot of excitement among those among those matches so um yeah if you need to you know bank some family time for some premier league later i would i would do that on saturday all right brennan that's your pod uh thank you to everyone who supports the podcast hopefully you enjoyed this week so we back on thursday with a uh, patreon exclusive podcast uh so if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating if you aren't uh, currently able to support the pod or just don't want to totally understand that. Uh, you can also give us a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts or Google play, whatever you listen to podcasts. That's really as genuinely helpful. I know it's the kind of pitch that you hear often, but if you have blocked it out the first 500 times, we've said it, um, <laughs> listen this time and pop on and give us a quick review. It's really helpful for, uh, for us helping to get new people to find the podcast. Um, and, uh, Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah, and I'll write the review for all those people right now. Just give us five stars, and the review is, my hot take is always cheating is the best FPL podcast. There you go. Leave it at that. Done. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. Thank you, as always, to our producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, at FPL Merch. Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wild Mings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Volger, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Heath Cramp, Thomas Tislov, Noah and Louise, Travis Grant, Linus Vennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Frog Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, Lolly, Ben Coombs, and our newest producer, Eric Kite. Eric, your pint glass is on its way all the way to New Zealand flight of the Concords rules as do everyone who are listening to the always cheating podcast at this point uh Josh I'll see you next week good luck sounds good see you next week bye Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.